recording is on progress so we can now talk uh uh understanding that i guess so anyhow we are in um in james chapter three we got through roughly through the first six verses uh of that chapter i'd like to get through at least the, the rest of it 12 uh, verse 12 uh is the is where i'm headed for today and then following that, we'll pick up the rest of the chapter, hopefully next week. So um, what I wanted to come back to is we're talking about the tongue. We're talking about the fact that teachers uh, are very dangerous in what they say, both positively and negatively, in the sense that what they say can be used for good and can be used for evil. And uh, we, we referred to a couple of similes in the first couple of verses where we talked about the tongue being compared to the bit in a in a horse's mouth or the rudder of a ship. And, and in those cases, we're talking about a positive aspect about the tongue in the sense that it can be somewhat controlled and and used to to do good. And when left on uh, untended, it can cause problems if you don't have a, if you let the rudder go in a ship and it's in a storm, you're in deep weeds. Potentially, you're going to, you know, flounder on, on rocks or run into the shore, whatever the case may be. If you're not careful, so tending the, the uh, tiller can be both positive and negative. But look at when it talks about the tongue as a fire. Suddenly, we go from we go from uh, similes to metaphors. This is a direct a uh, analogy. Uh, it's the tongue is a fire, and it's, set, it's a fire that's set, uh, set on a fire from hell, it says. So a tongue uh, can do a lot of damage, just like a small spark can start a forest fire. Uh, they've been talking about, remember on the news, they've been talking about the last couple of days about uh, the smoky skies? That's from what? It's from the fires in California. Think about that. Couple thousand was roughly a thousand, two thousand miles away, fifteen hundred miles, something like that. I don't know. Gary could probably tell us. He's been traveling out there for a long time. Um, man, you know, think about the fact that all of that distance away, and we're seeing the effect of it, and that's all from a spark that started a flame, that started a fire, that's destroying thousands of acres, and it's affecting us even halfway, three-quarters of the way across the country. So uh, one writer talked about causative relationships, and it talks about the fact that co corrupt speech spawns corruption from, of the, is spawned by corruption of the body. And the corrupted body is set in motion by the evil course of the entire life. And the destructiveness of evil speech is derived from the destructiveness of hell. Is that evil desires cor corrupt the body? That's uh, from James chapter one, verses fourteen through fifteen. But it goes on to say that just like a parasite destroys its host organi organism, the evil tongue can become a parasite in our lives, and not in the life of an individual, but in the life of a church itself. Churches have been destroyed by gossip, uh, by misinformation being passed along. Um, when it's been on evil, man, the tongue can not only uh, is not only its own source of evil, but derives some of its inspiration. It's it says in, in James here, it says that it does it, it gathers inspiration from demonic 
influences from hell. That is scary. It's really scary, I think. Goes on I, to say, I'm sorry, you know, yes. I think one of the things that I find sort of scary is it, it tells us that uh, it says no, no human being can tame the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, none of us yeah. can do it without, you know, without, you know, God's assistance, basically. And, we can't and, do it on our own is what it said, what, it, what I, what I read that to say. Yeah. I, and I, I read it the same way, Tom. I, um, uh, my wife drew my attention to something I said a week ago w with some friends that was, I, I, I don't remember saying it. She said, I said it. I'm going, well, I might've, I know I thought it, but I'm going, well, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Isn't it nice that, that she remembered that from a week ago? <laughs> well, yeah, it pointed out the fact that I need to make sure I guard my tongue apparently <laughs> a little a little uh, more you know sometimes we joke about did i say that out loud well apparently i said it out loud i guess i was thinking it <laughs> and I, I guess it probably it, i think part of the problem is it it, it was a, a bit of an i i embarrassed her in the process which was not my intention but and we all need our wives to remind ourselves of her yes and and, and yep. thank the lord we have them right Yes. If you want to, if you want to know how you're doing, just ask your wife. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, thanks, there. And you know, Tom, what you're saying about uh, that we can't control it is kind of interesting because it ties in, I think, with chap with verse seven, because verse seven says there are all kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. And I, I think about this. Think about the fact that. In in ancient times, um, they uh, they classified animals in four classes. You know, today we do it much more, right? But we talk about the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock or the, the domesticated animals, and then of all creatures that move along the, the ground. So that would be everything else. We are given dominion over those. We, we are told that we, we have the ability and in fact we have the uh responsibility of taming and and dealing with those animals and yet it says the one thing the one thing we can't do is we can't tame our own our own tongue listen to these a couple of a couple of verses out of a couple of different books in in psalm chapter eight the eighth psalm i should say verses six through eight by the way there are psalms are really not chapters. They are psalms. They're individual psalms that have been collected. So it's a collective of 150 psalms. And it is wrong when you say turn to chapter eight of psalms. It's actually the eighth psalm. So now that I've corrected my misinformation that I gave you originally, let's read verses six through eight. You made him a ruler over the works of your hands. This is God saying to, about man. And you put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and beasts of the fields, birds of the air, fish of the sea, all swim in the paths of the sea. God has given man the responsibility of the There's a natural hierarchy that God has given. And he said that man is, is, is the top of the heap here on earth. 
Look at, at, G, at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It says almost the same thing. It says, let us make man in our own image. Remember, our own is really important. In our, our image is indic indication that God is not speaking in the royal we sense. He's speaking in the sense of plurality of people, uh, of persons, excuse me, in the fact that the Trinity is involved in this. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea the birds of the air over the livestock over all the earth and over all creatures that move along the ground so man created so god created man in his own image and in the image of god he created him male and female he created them by the way notice that he that includes it's not just males that were created in god's image do you know what yeah. that? It says that it was male and female were created in his image. Hmm. Okay. So he goes on to say, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the air. They're fish, fish of the air. Wouldn't that be interesting? Fish of the sea, birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. There is a sense to which God has given us the superiority of human our human force, our human nature, uh, and it is to be used correctly and wisely. Um, you know, I've talked previously about the fact that when God gives us dominion, he really is giving us uh, his viceroyship. We are in charge of, we are the manager of God's creation. And it's our job to make sure that when we use it and we do it, we do it appropriately in a way that brings uh, glory to him and it sustains his creation in a way that he would find appropriate. Um, that means that um, the use of animals in domestic life, the use of technologies and ships, even the taming of wild animals, all fall within, I think, what I would say is our abilities and our rights of humans for survival and well-being. Although it does not give us the warrant uh, for the misuse of the environment or the misuse of fellow creatures. It's interesting that even though man has been given, been given dominion over all kinds of animals, um, because man fell, he lost the dominion over himself. And as a result of that, he cannot tame his own tongue. This is while, uh, while a tongue cannot be controlled by man, the tongue of a regenerated person should be able to be controlled by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as long as we allow the Holy Spirit to rule in our lives, which is one of those things that's kind of tough to do, isn't it? Because I just have to say it, right? I just can't keep my mouth shut. You know, you think of something and the first thing you do is, at least I do, is I want to say it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm that way, but that's the way God, uh, that's the way I've, I've fought in my fallen state. That's the way that I am. So why are we thinking it to begin with? Because again, I'm a fallen creature. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to be a, a, a fully the new creature creation that God made. You still got to get rid of a whole bunch of my stuff, apparently. Um, you know, it talks about the, in Judaism, it says that, um, uh, gossip, backbiting, rumor mongering, slander, 
other misuses of speech are, are what is called the tongue is of evil as a result of that. It's considered an evil thing in Judaism. Uh, think about in Mark chapter 7, uh, verses 20 and following, it says that uh, out of the heart proceeds all kinds of evil. He says, uh, Jesus says, we, he went on, when it comes out of man, uh, what comes out of man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of the heart of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, fo and folly. Well, that's a pretty nice list, of which I resemble a whole lot at times. All of, All of these are evil from inside and make a man unclean. Let's just repeat that again, just in case we wondered about that. Evil thoughts from the heart. Sexual immorality from the heart. Theft from the heart. Murder from the heart. Adultery from the heart. Greed from the heart. Malice ooh, from the heart. Deceit, rats from the heart. Lewdness uh, from the heart. Envy, crap from the heart. Slander, all right, from the heart. Arrogance from the heart. Folly from the heart. Everything I... All of my things that I do wrong all come from an evil heart. By the way, garbage in, garbage out. When you put good stuff in, you get good stuff out, right? Was it? Is it? How do they say it in, in computer language? G, G Joe or something like that? Gigo? I don't know what it's how, but garbage in, garbage out. But good in, good out. Goes on to talk about the fact that not only this, Paul or Paul, James says that 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 our tongue is restless evil, full of deadly poison. Psalm uh, one forty verse three says, "They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. Poison of vipers is on their lips." In Romans three thirteen, it says, "Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit." The poison of vipers is on their lips. It's like he's quoting uh, Psalm 140. But yeah, that's isn't good. That something, isn't it something that that uh, God gives us all these great qualities and we seem to find a way to bring up the worst there is. In uh, man. Yeah. To, uh, to bring out to people um, yeah. because many people have had the word in their life almost their entire life getting good in but it seems that the evil finds a way to get it to get out yeah. and most people don't don't even know they have good in them yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate, isn't it, that we we have a tendency to both we can do such good with our tongues, and yet so often we do such evil with them. I was thinking about as we looking as I'm looking through James, um, the tongue is uh, destructively evil, and it tends in, in in chapter one verse twenty it talks about the tongue is is uh, causes anger. It causes self-deception in verse 26 of, of chapter 1. In, in chapter 2, it's, a, it's an offense. In chapter 4, it causes um, quarreling. In, in chapter 4, it causes boasting and bragging. 
Um, I, I have a, it, it, in, in chapter five, it causes swearing uh, of James. We haven't got there yet. We have two chapters yet to go, plus the rest of the three. But that's what we have to look forward to and finding out that's what we, we struggle with. You think it's more to the point of um, the non-written word is what he's really kind of, you know, the thing you have, your, your immediate anger, your emotional reaction to something versus writing it down and putting it out because yeah i mean if you don't think if you don't temper your tongue like you were talking about then you yeah. generally uh dig yourself a hole right yeah well well you know that's why doesn't james tell us to be swift <laughs> to hear and slow to speak and so often my problem is i'm slow to hear and very swift to speak right and i think that's all this if you uh, all the things he's talking about comes from the heart yeah that's your immediate unchecked response oh that's yeah that's good yeah 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 uh, we, if we go uh, any other thoughts before we go on okay in in verse nine and following says the tongue with the tongue we praise the lord and fa our lord and father and with it we curse men who have been made in god's likeness out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Proverbs 10, uh, verse 11, uh, verse eight, uh, uh, Proverbs 10, verse 11 says, The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Uh, Proverbs 13, 14 says, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from snares of death. In Proverbs 18, it says, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and a wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. So it can be a positive if we use it correctly. But Proverbs also says in, in verse in chapter 18 as well that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 12 says uh, that there is uh, there is that that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is healing. So a wise person can heal with their words. You ever notice sometimes that that moms, mothers seem to really know how to do that well? how to heal hurts that happened to us. I don't know if God gave them special ability or what, but some moms just seem to have that natural ability. It goes on to talk about, you know, we talk about the tongue being like, like a, a fountain, like water. Water can be both good and bad, it can be salt water or can be pure water if it's pure water. It's used to, to cleanse. Uh, the word of God is spiritual water that cleanses us. That's what John 15 talks about. Um, uh, in Ezekiel 47, one of Dan, Dan seems to, Dan, you always seem to love Ezekiel, man. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to get all the way through that. I, I, I struggle every time I read that, that book. But, um, and if you're talking, Dan, you're going to have to unmute your mic so we can hear you. 
Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Okay. I don't know. I, I just didn't. I didn't know if you were trying to say something, and I didn't want to, you know, to miss out on what you might have to share with us. But what I liked about Ezekiel forty-seven is it describes uh, our words as like a river that brings life to everything it touches. Wouldn't that be great if that was the way that our our speech always worked? Life. <laughs> yes. That it brought encouragement. Uh, you know, it goes on to talk about the fact that the tr the tongue is like uh, can be like a tree in the in biblical lands. You know, think about it. Well, even in our land too, you use a tree. One of the things the trees do is it, it does is it holds the soil in place. Uh, it provides beauty. It provides shade. It provides fruit. Our tongues, our words can help to shelter and encourage someone who's traveling down a path and is rather weary. Uh, it can help nurture a hungry soul. You know, I, I think that the challenge uh, we all face is we are so quick to, to know what's right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of praying over everything. And I'm as guilty as, uh, well, I don't know if any of you do that, but I'm guilty of that. And I am too. Um, and we're just to take it every time we speak, and especially of, of uh, issues that come up all the time, uh, we're just to pray over it. And uh, at times I forget about that because uh, I know better. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the last thing we do. To intervene, you know. Um, yeah. It's just, it happens a lot. I, I'm reminded of a couple of times when I've actually done what Dan suggests, and that is to pray about something before you say anything. And I, I, I would start off thinking, this is what I'm going to say. And after I've prayed, I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably the wrong thing to say. I need to go about it from a different perspective. Why? Well, probably because the Holy Spirit kind of gave me wisdom and said, you know, Val, you're going to make it worse if you say what you originally thought. Um, Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, the, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary and uh, to and that he wakens in the morning uh, uh, to wake in the morning by morning and waken mine ear to hear as as it learned uh mark chapter one says in the morning rise up a great day while before dawn this is what jesus did he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed i know tom does that often he's he's does it first thing in the morning i've i've often done my my time alone with the lord late at night and i thought to myself well he can use it anytime and sometimes he prepares me in the evening or the, at night to be ready for the morning for the next day. But sometimes I think it might make more sense to do it in the morning. I always had a hard time getting up and getting myself going in the morning. But I found that if I actually do that versus waiting for the evening, sometimes it helps prepare me for the whole day. If yeah. you and I are going to have tongues that are going to be a delight to those around us, I think we need to probably meet with the Lord each day and we need to learn from him each day. And then the result of that is that we'll be a blessing to people versus a curse to them. You know, the, uh, in the Proverbs, a lot of the chapters in Proverbs, I 
sort of title myself. I've come up with a title for some of them. And, mm-hmm. and Proverbs 18 is, is one that I've entitled in my Bible here, written down, I, Words Matter. Yeah, that's good. And so like, and, you know, in, in, uh, and so there's a number of references to the tongue in Proverbs 18. And I, you know, look, uh, six and seven specifically, and, and then 21 is sort of the culmination, but six is a fool's lips, bring him strife and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing and his lips are a snare to his soul. And then in 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be good if we could figure out how to do more of that and less of the other. Yeah. Problem, obviously, is not just the tongue, but it's the heart that seems to, to help infect the tongue. I was reading it, and I don't remember where I got this from, but I, I wish I could say that I, I came up with this. I didn't. Uh, the title of this is 12 Words That Can Transform Your Life. I'm not sure there's truly, truly 12, but maybe we can count them and see. The first two are please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you use those words, you're treating others like people and not like things. And you absolutely show appreciation to them. Another one is one of those ones that's really hard. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but that's one of the hardest things for me to say, especially to loved ones. I once had a, a, a family member tell me, I'm sorry you made me do that. <laughs> you think that qualified? <laughs> I, for some strange reason, I don't think that quite met the, the test of what the it criteria. was. criteria? Yeah. But it, it was an older person to me and they said yeah I'm sorry you made me do that hmm. another one is I love you and not just in a romantic way but even like brotherly love you know I I, I will have to say that I, I yeah, there's a few of you that I struggle to love but no, no I just I, I, I love being with you guys I love spending time with you I love the insights that you provide for me and hopefully every once in a while I throw you a nugget too. So I think when just saying I love you can be a tremendous power to encourage people. And I think the last couple of words are this, I'm praying for you. And not only just say it, but mean it and do it. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to say, hey, I'll pray for you and then never do it. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I started writing down prayer requests is I have a tendency as I get older to forget. I, I, for one, I, say, I for one think you have a fantastic prayer um, accountability. You know, you keep track of it. I'm like, holy crud, I could never. Well, only I because I, I write it down, down but. If yeah, was, no. I, <laughs> and I have the list in front of me. And I have a, I have a couple of groups and I have a different list for each group. You know, oh. And every once in a while I go, oops, I got the wrong list. I got to get the right one out. <laughs> You know, you talked well, about the, the heart and the tongue being, you know, so connected. And, and, yeah. and another Proverbs chapter in Proverbs is Proverbs 15, which is I've entitled Prominence of the Heart. And, and it ties 
the heart and the tongue together in a number of the verses, cool. uh, which I think is sort of neat. The, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. Uh, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. Uh, you know, so it, it's all, it ties, you know, what we say, our heart and what we say together. You've been doing a lot of mining in Proverbs. That's good, man. That is awesome. That's because that's that's one of the ones I read every day. Yep. I read a chapter yep. every day. So I've yep. read yeah. I've read through Proverbs over and you know, over. Again. You know, I've been doing this for well, a number of years. So I've read every through, month. Basically <laughs> every, every month you get every month. month I'm reading, you know, through Proverbs. So yep. for the last, you know, I don't know. But I I, I years. Is there there are times when I when I have done that religiously, and it, it really helps. Like it gives you an insight of how to live your day. The other thing I've done as well is that I've taken the Psalms and divided the Psalms up in, so that I read uh, uh, the entire book of Psalms uh, in a month. Uh, and what, what I'll do is just I'll mention it to you because I haven't mentioned it in a while. And, and some of you might not have thought of this, but. Proverbs is 31 chapters, so in a month of 31 days, you can read a chapter a day and get through the entire book of Psalms. Or uh, Proverbs, excuse me. In the book of Psalms, there are 150 Psalms. If you take five Psalms a day, you get through all 150. And the way that I have done it historically is that I read, uh, I take and divide it into sections of 30. So the first day, uh, the first day of the month, I'll read Psalm 1, Psalm 31, Psalm 61, Psalm 91, and Psalm 121. And that's the five Psalms. And I'll do that for each day of the month. And then when I get to Psalm 119, which, by the way, is the longest I'm Psalm, <laughs> I save that for the months that have 31 days. And on ah, the good. first day, I read the entire Psalm 119. That's good, because which allows you to get through all of the psalms, and you'll find that in there it's so it's so amazing that I'll read I'll be reading those, and just like Tom has been mining things out there for proverbs and psalms, I mine things out of like oh, it seems like whatever I'm reading, there's something that corresponds with how I'm feeling or what I'm going through that day. Either I'm learning to praise God better, or I'm learning to pray for Him in the midst of my pain. And I'm realizing that it's okay to, to tell to tell God that I hurt, that I'm angry, or that I'm upset, or that I, I just don't understand. Uh, and, and it's okay. The psalmist put it down there, so it must be okay, because God decided to include it in, this, in the book that we call the book of the Bible. So um, just encourage you someday. You might want to try that. We're, we got 10 more days or 11 more days till. Uh, July is up, but you can you can start in the middle of the month, or you can start beginning of August first. Would be a great time to start that. So, all right, how are we doing? Yeah, you know, I don't think I'm going to get through everything I want to say today. All right, so out That's of the same, it, that rarely happens, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I want I, what, nice what, curving what, of the tongue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, and I am as you know, as I teach, I am actually 
cutting lots and lots of stuff. The, these 12 verses, I had 43 pages of information. I've pulled it down as I go. Like, oh, let's just yeah, we'll talk about that. We won't talk about that. That's why on Tuesdays I try to be as quiet as possible. <laughs> what <laughs> Thursday is the day we can fire away? <laughs> well, I, that's that's okay. You know, when you guys have something to say, we want to hear it. We want you to add to what we're talking about. Um, Change the font size. Yeah. Well, if I did that, it'd be pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I turned my pad, my iPad, so I can make it as large as possible so I can read it, you know, without having to go. Um, Corner pages. You know, there's something about power that, that corrupts people. And, and as we get through the, the last couple of things here in, in this chapter, and this is where I kind of want to head, and we'll probably have to wrap around and pick up the rest of this and then get into verse 13 and on. But it seems as so often... We both curse, we, we bless God and curse others, by the way, who have been made in the image of God. Think about that. All people have been made in God's image. And so often I spend all of my time looking at what they were versus what how God looks at them as to what they can be. When you look at people, how do you look at them? How do you view them? How do you visualize them? Do you talk to them the way that, with the idea that God is God loved them, God made them in his image, God has a plan for them, God wants to bring them into his kingdom, or do we look at, at all of the things they've done wrong and continue to do wrong and forget that, like Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, which, by the way, is where I'm hoping to head after we get through James, um, at this point, that's the direction I think God's leading us. But in, in 1 Corinthians, it says, it gives a whole list of things. And it says, and such were some of you, but you have been saved. You have been washed. Mm -hmm. You have been cleansed. You have been changed. How often do we look at people and judge them based upon what they did in the past? And if we did, if God did that for us, how do you think we'd fit? we'd feel or how would we fit in his economy if all he ever did was judge us based upon all of the wrong we've ever done versus the fact that he's made us into new creations and what would happen you know, if you know go ahead I, I, here's what i when i think when i read this chapter and i and uh, even when i'm reading the book of james um for for me i i don't think he's a very good writer <laughs> he jumps around and he he's which is topic, but he's, he's very negative in here. And he doesn't say, you know, yeah, this is what, like you were just saying, this is what we were, you know, uh, you know, uh, in regards to our tongue, in regards to uh, um, uh, what we do and, and, and things, that's what we were, but we've been changed. We've been regenerated. It's the regenerated heart that we're, you know, we should be focusing on and, and allowing the spirit to lead us uh, in our speech and in our actions and in, uh, in our worship and, and all that we do. But he doesn't, he doesn't say that in this book. So it, it, to me, it always comes off as a, as a, especially this chapter, a negative, a negative kind of a thing with no, with no, uh, you know, um, no, no way of telling grace. How, in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think, uh, I think the, the big 
issue here is James is writing to the Jews mainly, even though we're all picking up on this. And you have a very religious, strong group that know the scriptures left and right. They have to memorize it all at a young age. And they're so um, proud of their knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Everyone is secondary or second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. And he he keeps ramming the heart situation because it's because they're so... (laughs) confounded not confounded just so one-sided um because they're the chosen ones and it depends on how many relations you have with people today it it it, you know especially those that are really versed with the uh torah and it's hard for them to understand and james does a great job ramming it to them (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember this is one of the first. I'm sorry, someone just said something. Who is it? I was just going to say, along with what uh, uh, Dennis was saying, and and uh, Dan, that James is putting us, putting putting us individually under the microscope mm-hmm. because we all we don't uh, many times we don't look at the scriptures and look in to ourselves. We're, we tend to look out, we tend to look at others, but we don't look at ourselves very often. And someone somewhere has to remind us to look inward as well as to look out. Because many of us uh, in this group even, we have, a, uh, we have a wealth of Bible knowledge. We have a wealth of knowledge in, in, in many things, but most of our time is spent looking out. We don't spend much time looking in. And see, I look at it, this is James talking more about for these people is that this is a process. As you see certain good fruits, you know, that's the spirit. As you see some of the other things, that's not. So what you do is you try to judge yourself based on how are you doing in the process of reaching Christ's uh, likeness. Yeah, I think, you know, remember, James, James is, uh, th- there isn't, the only scripture that James has to work with has been the Old Testament and what his, what Jesus taught. And remember, James is, is late to the, the party. You know, he, he's not really, doesn't really truly believe that Jesus is, is the son of God, that he's the Messiah uh, until after the resurrection. But a lot of what James says corresponds with what Jesus says at various points in the Gospels. You know, he talks about the fact that the Jews are constantly, to to kind of what Dan was referring to, is that the Jews rely on their relationship with God and the fact that they are part of the family of Abraham, that that gives them special privilege before God. Well, while it might give them special standing before God, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse them from not doing what God told them to do. It actually is, like James says at the beginning of chapter 3, they're to be teachers of the law to the rest of the world. And they fail miserably in doing that. 
they see themselves as having been chosen by God. Therefore, they're special. And, you know, uh, remember, Jesus pronounces how many woes on the Pharisees who are the most righteous of the righteous. You want to find somebody that's righteous? Look at a Pharisee. You know, and, and, and Jesus says, unless, unless your righteousness exceeds their righteousness, you cannot enter the kingdom. Well, what's he, you know, if we look on the outward appearance and go, oh, man, they're, you know, they're righteous. Well, no, they weren't. Inside, they were full of dead man's bones, it says. The issue we have to, steal, to deal with, and, and Denny, you're absolutely right. James is telling us a lot of negative because he's, he's warning the people that have fled from his congregation because of persecution and are scattered around at early, mm -hmm. early church. They're going, he's going, you know what, guys, here's some problems I'm seeing. You need to correct this. And this, let me remind you what has to happen. And so often, like Jesus, Jesus doesn't go and quote whole passages. He sometimes just says a word. Sometimes he says a phrase. And he expects for the reader to pick up everything that that means. Why? Because they studied the Torah. He doesn't need to give them. You know, we... The best thing that God that God allowed to happen in the Bible is to give us chapter and verse. Sometimes it's also the worst thing that God did for us because we rely on chapter and verse to find it. They go, oh, yeah, I know that passage. And they could just start quoting, especially the Torah. All guys, uh, by the time they were basically 13, by the time they had their bar mitzvah, had memorized the entire first five books of the Bible. If you were, went on and became a student of a rabbi, you probably studied and learned a lot of the other books, too, and could quote them. Um, so, yeah, you're right. There is a, um, there's a sense to which this is a, a real negative book. But it reminds us that in the beginning, here's what you do. Do this. Understand that what you're going through is, is for your purpose. So the purpose of James is to help correct where we're, how we're living and hope it hopefully put us back on the right, right path. I think he finishes this chapter. The last couple of verses are very positive. Talking mm. about the, the, the wisdom of God and how pure it is and how yeah. that influences our life. So we're going to yeah, get there. The first part's pretty critical, but I think he wraps it up on a positive note. <laughs> It's going to take us four or five weeks to get there, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, you were going to say something? Yeah. I, in the Old Testament, in a few places, um, uh, God is, gets upset, obviously, with uh, the the Jews there. And um, uh, his he ends up saying that circumcision <laughs> you do because you do <laughs> because it's written in the Torah, but I meant to circumcise your heart. Yep. And, and it says it in a couple of places because the problem we all have, or at least me is we can follow a certain group principles and what's written in the word. And sometimes we forget to, to open our hearts to it. You know, and, and all we are walking is a bunch of knowledge and we forget, you know, well, I'm circumcised. I do this or I tithe. You know, we check all the boxes, <laughs> yep. but we're, we're, you know, that's we're good at checking boxes, but that's about it. <laughs> so 
God chastises them a few times in the Old Testament about that. And I just love those those scriptures in the Old Testament about circumcised the heart, not the the act. Jeremiah says, I'm going to replace your heart of stone with a heart of heart of flesh. You know, the problem is so often our hearts are not circumcised in their stone and, and they have to be replaced before we can even circumcise them. You know, I, I struggle sometimes with a hard heart. I'm really good at, at uh, really good at criticizing others and sometimes fail to criticize myself. And sometimes I fail to bless those around me that need to be blessed and encouraged. So today, let's go with encouragement, and uh, let's learn to bless people that need to be blessed and speak words of life versus words of destruction into lives.